the show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. For the 52nd time this year, welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and thanks for listening. On the Healthcare Wrap, we believe that the healthcare experience has to change, and we're trying to do something about it. If you want to help healthcare be more about consumers and innovation, this is the place for you. We're going to help you find your place in this new movement, and you're going to be one of the ones leading meaningful change. Each week, we speak with leaders who are part of this movement. We share tips on shifting the way that healthcare is experienced digitally and the backstage strategies for marketing, operations, and digital teams to stay ahead of the curve. This is episode number 142, and today we're closing out season four and the year 2020 in style. So here's what's going to go down today. We have some fun surprises in store for you. We've got the flavor of the week about what it will take for you to join the digital transformation movement. Then we'll be listening back to some of the moments that have stood out during season four, what I call the blow my mind moments. Then we'll wrap this wrap up episode with a preview of season five, including some changes to the program I'm super excited to share with you. It's time to dive right in. You ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. Scratch that. This is not a moment. It's the movement. Many of us have etched these words from Hamilton in our hearts and minds for years. On this show, we've been referring to a different movement for more than two and a half years. We've been referring to it as the marketing forward movement. Then we began speaking about the digital transformation movement because we realized that in order to truly transform healthcare, we can't just talk to marketers. We also wanted to acknowledge that not everyone who listens to this podcast has a marketing role. But the two things that unite all of us are number one, digital plays a major part in what we do. And number two, we care about changing healthcare in whatever way we can. We want to do more than just a job. We want to improve the healthcare experience. At the beginning of season four, we talked about how our industry is at a crossroads, and there's a pretty reasonable chance that we'll look back a few months from now and see one of two things. Either we'll see that the digital transformation of healthcare has accelerated, and we have helped, or we'll realize that there were opportunities to do that transforming, and we missed them. As I thought about what topics, skills, and guests would be the most beneficial to focus on in Season 4, I continually reflected back on the need to extend beyond historical definitions of marketing, communications, strategy, digital, IT, and patient experience. Because the healthcare consumer experience needs to be integrated, and we've seen how early adopter health systems have only been able to speed up the process by working together. It's for that reason that we dove deeper into two areas during Season 4. Those two areas have had a greater impact on our ability to lead the transformation. First, we addressed digital innovation, where marketing intersects other disciplines, from health tech to the EHR and patient experience. We spoke with leaders in telemedicine, voice, AI, 
and other technologies that have huge implications for marketing but aren't considered MarTech. The other area where we focused is our individual career path planning. We shared encore episodes from the Resilience Journey video series that uncovered the unexpected moments in the careers of remarkable leaders in and out of healthcare and in and out of marketing as they've recovered or reinvented themselves in innovative ways. So as we head into a new year and a new season, I invite you to commit again to being part of the digital transformation movement. And for the last time in the year 2020, that's the flavor of the week. So I mentioned that this episode is going to be looking back at some of the blow my mind moments. And what I mean by that are the moments, the clips, kind of the excerpts, the things that our guests have shared on the program that once I've listened to them as it was happening, I kind of thought, man, they're saying something really important, something really cool. I better pay attention to this. And this is kind of changing my worldview. This is something I'm learning from. And yeah, it's kind of blowing my mind. So without further ado, The first blow my mind moment I'd like to share with you comes from Jamie Edwards. And Jamie talked about the ideal telehealth experience. And why that blew my mind is that it really taught me a lot about the nuances of the telehealth experience. This is not a one size fits all check the box that says, hey, that's something we can market now. We offer virtual visits. And those early adopter health systems who are paying attention to the nuances of the new service offerings that they can provide, including hybrid versions of virtual and in-person visits, visits are those who are going to succeed. And that's what we like to focus on in this program is not just, hey, how to get by, how to keep doing the status quo. We are actively challenging the status quo, if you couldn't tell by now. So I loved what Jamie had to say about this. So here's what Jamie had to say about the ideal telehealth experience. You know, it's interesting that you brought up that a lot of people have stood up kind of what is a a not ideal experience right now. So I think that there's definitely was a lot of scrambling and people signed on to a lot of different platforms or point solutions that weren't the long-term sustainable solution, what I would call Mr. or Mrs right now as opposed to Mr. and Mrs. Right. And I think we're going to see a second wave where all of a sudden a lot of these health systems are going to get a little bit of religion here and say, you know what, we need a longer term viable strategy. And we need to think, again, more platform, less point solution. So while a lot of people stood up virtual visits, what they really want to do is surround a patient with the entire strength of their healthcare system with the entire care continuum that that patient needs. So it's not just about a virtual visit. It's about, hey, I'm having a virtual visit. I'm a little bit worried about what I'm, you know, if someone has a digital EKG as a matter, as, as a point of fact, like I'm a little bit worried about what I'm seeing here. I would like to bring in our cardiologist or, you know what? I'm a little bit worried about your diet. I want to bring in one of our dietitians. Like being able to bring in that resource in real time and then surround a patient with everything that they need from diet to case management to, you know, if they have a chronic condition around, you know, diabetes or CHF, whatever it might be, that you can bring that resource to them to help them make better decisions about their healthcare. Like that to me is what a great experience is all about. I think the other thing that makes a great experience is all of these healthcare systems practice differently. And I think that's how they differentiate themselves. You know, if the Cleveland Clinic practice the same way that Providence does, practice the same way that, you know, Yale New Haven does as an example, right? Like that's not what makes the world go round. And you want telemedicine solutions that can allow people to differentiate themselves, not just slap a new logo on the same platform that your competing hospital across the way is using and call it your virtual visit experience. Like this is about telemedicine being private labeled, being integrated into workflow 
and then providing that differentiated experience to the patient that allows you to bring what's special about your health system to bear so you don't look and feel and sound like your neighboring healthcare system across the way who might be using the same platform. Oh, so so I'm being a little facetious here. So you're saying it's not enough just to uh, create a marketing campaign that says, look, we do virtual visits now. Correct. <laughs> Which, Correct. And I, I nailed it. Be- because uh, <laughs> I kind of, uh, okay, may, I may have seen that. I may have seen campaigns. May have seen that literally it. Seen yeah. That. Yeah. So, you know, that to me is where the rubber really meets the road is on turning telemedicine into what is a strategic asset for these health systems so that they can look at it as kind of the next EMR, if you will, right? So if you take a look at the electronic medical record, it's really become the ERP of the hospital system, right? It does accounting and finance and it's their, you know, cash register and there's a lot of clinical data stored in it, et cetera. And a lot of of these EMR platforms also have started to try and integrate, you know, telemedicine into that. But telemedicine is truly the video collaboration tool of healthcare, right? It is the medium over which you can get doctors working together in a team environment to help solve patients' problems. And that's something that currently like the EMR can't even do, right? So when I think about the power of these telemedicine solutions going forward, it's about how you build true team-based care in healthcare. So another theme we talked about a lot during season four was where the opportunities are for innovation along the digital healthcare experience. So a lot of the touch points along the experience have a digital component or they are fully digital. And there are more digital parts of the experience happening now than ever, thanks to COVID. So I see that as a silver lining. And this next clip is from Christy Ebong from Orbita. And Christy talked about where she saw those opportunities happening right now. So I asked her, hey, what are those opportunities for innovation right now? Where are you seeing those? What's happening? Where should we be paying attention? And so this is what she had to share with us. You know, it's funny, but I'm actually, I'm really interested right now in who is adapting their content for conversational experience. So one of the things that we've seen in just the digitization in the web world was you used to have, we literally called them Xeroxed photocopies. You'd have Xerox photocopies of your discharge instructions. You'd have photocopies of your procedure prep of what to do with your wound, when to take your medication. And then we digitize that. We put it in a web-friendly and then ultimately a mobile-friendly format. Now we consume content in very digestible, if you will, snackable ways throughout the day. And so to be able to have really a high-quality gold standard content in a conversational format is a huge market that I think has been pretty undertapped. I know there's some uh, some organizations putting a lot of fuel behind it right now, which is fantastic because the consumers are ready to eat it up and ready to eat it up in that kind of 24-7 self-service way where they don't need to wait until 8 a.m. Monday and then sit in a phone queue for three hours to get to somebody who may or may not answer their question. Moving right along, our next Blow My Mind moment came from Sean Lane from Olive AI. And Sean focused on, he, he was asked the same question about where do we see opportunities for innovation right now? Where should we be paying attention? And he talked about sharing patient data. And I thought this was a great reminder, kind of a, a focus area for those in and out of marketing. Because the more everyone understands this, the more we realize how it can actually fuel the desirable patient experience. So here's Sean Lane talking about where he sees the greatest areas of opportunity for innovation. I think that we have to figure out a way to share data across different applications 
and different systems. And we need to put the patient in the middle of it. So innovation around data sharing, and, and we've talked about this a ton, like too much actually, <laughs> over the you know, since I've even been looking at at healthcare. And for decades we've talked about sharing healthcare data and information, but I think we're really close to that becoming a reality. And it'll, I think it'll change fundamentally the way we approach applications. I think it'll change the way we approach networks. It'll change the way we approach artificial intelligence in general in a really significant way. So I think innovations around you know, almost unbundling or unbundling the workflows will actually create data, this information sharing. So instead of going to a monolithic application to do 99% of your work at a hospital, you know, imagine going to um, you know, 100 different applications, very specifically built to do things incredibly well, where they share a network of data. So maybe you go to a very specific tool for referrals that's just the best at referrals. You have a company of 1,000 people focused on it, sharing data from coast to coast, across the country, across the planet. That's the kind of thing I think is in our future. So it's really unbundling. It's uh, the kind of a particle approach to applications. But these small applications with big networks of data. And that will bring the power. Right now we have big applications with no network of data. This next one is from Chris Gervais from Kairos. And Kairos had just actually finished hosting their annual Atlas conference where they talked a lot about access. They talked a lot about other digital innovations going on. There was so much packed into that. And so as he shared kind of some of the things that stood out to him from the conference, we got into talking about where we are in general. Like where is the industry with creating a desirable digital experience? You know, all the things that consumers say they're demanding from their healthcare experience. So here's Chris on where we are with creating the digital experience that consumers are looking for. You know, change is hard. Change sort of does take time. But then you have external forcing functions like the pandemic, which on a number of the panels that I was fortunate enough to moderate, you know, really got to hear how these leaders at health systems not just embrace the challenge of the pandemic in terms of, well, what could they get done, but how much it really changed the working and collaboration relationship they had with other key departments internally at the health systems that were necessary to get that change you know, impacted at the level they could if they were saying, we just can't see patients, but we still need to care for patients. I think, you know, one of the things that I'm kind of hoping, again, a silver lining coming out of this time in the pandemic is an inversion of control. And it's an inversion of control in that compelling digital experience isn't going to be singular, right? We've heard a lot of focus on the digital front door. I think there's many front doors, right? And I think there's many different styles of engagement because there are many different ways that different types of patients both want and need to engage with their care. And so if one thing that I think is going to happen that's, you know, again, spurred by the pandemic and the way folks had to respond was obviously something like virtual care is going to now be elevated to not a bolt-on item that was sort of, you know, yeah, we got to do it. So we've got something now to really being a, a, not just a core technology delivery, but a core competency of the organization, right? And so that means that, an or, you know, healthcare, which had to really build up its bedside manner for so long, now has to build up its website manner, right? And really understand how to better translate more services that could be delivered digitally for different reasons. But that doesn't mean there's going to be just one experience for doing it. But the trick is the experiences have to be connected. Doesn't mean they have to be seamless, because I think that's a lot of, that's certainly, I think, going to take some time. But they have to be connected. They have to be logical. 
And we have to continue to focus on how to remove friction so that patients can understand not only how to choose them, the right option for them at any given time, but how to really engage with it in the most effective way for themselves, their care, and the provider. All right, so I've got one more round of these blow my mind moments, and these are all answers to the exact same question. And so we're going to just put all these together as kind of a little montage for you. But I don't want to leave without kind of putting all these together. We did this intentionally. We asked every guest for several weeks in a row the same question to close out their their episode. We asked, what do you hope we're celebrating 12 months from now? And we talked about, hey, what's something that we hopefully will be looking forward to? And it was an opportunity for everyone to reflect and say and point out something that we hope is a bright spot that came out of all the turmoil in 2020. So first up is Brian Callis from Accenture. Then second, we're going to go back to Christy Ebong from Orbita. Then we'll hit up Sean Lane from Olive and we'll wrap up with Chris Gervais. And Chris's was actually kind of fun because he actually turned the question back on me and he said, hey, well, what do you hope we're celebrating? And so we'll actually wrap up with him and me both discussing that and then stick around for a quick little preview of season five. I hope we're celebrating improvements in access and affordability and equitably for all people. And this being a start. So that's obviously a big statement. I think this is more around, we're celebrating that we're starting to make those improvements to increase access and affordability for all people and doing so in a way, you know, that is meeting people where they're at and based off their preference, whether that's in-person connections or digital connections. And that includes also addressing issues with digital divide and how can we actually provide access, equitable access to technology as part of that equation? I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope we are looking here a year from a now. Year is a fast timeline. So let's just say we're seeing the direction and you know the move in that way. I think the good news is we're starting to see some things starting to happen based off what we've experienced over the past six months or so that are moving in that direction. Oh, man. You know, what I'm hopeful for a year from now is just this universal sense of humility and glass half full mindset that says like, what's most important here? And then how do we all track to solve it? And I think that's what's been really resonant with our teams lately at Orbita is there are so many problems to solve in the market. And how do we solve the hardest problems in the most elegant and humble way and do it at scale so that it's not taking years to ease the burden. You know, it's funny, I recently had a procedure, it's just injections into my back from, for some back pain. And I was not aware of the conscious sedation until I got there. And it was like, come on, I'm one of the probably more educated healthcare consumers out there. I look at this stuff all day, every day. And yet in the process, and this is a great institution that I'm working with, that I'm a patient of, but in the process, a pretty critical communication was missing, which is that you'll be consciously sedated and there's a lot to know there. And so when I think about a year out, it's that consumers slash patients are more informed. They feel more confident. They feel more connected. That providers especially are freed up to operate at the top of their license. So they're not burdened down with this kind of rinse and repeat administrative responsibility across their workday. And that the business community has really rallied behind what makes the most sense and not looking at short-term wins necessarily. And I understand and appreciate more than anybody the you know quarter over quarter revenue mapping and, and sales targets to gain. But that if we have those three pieces aligned. I don't see how we can go wrong. So this time next year, you know, I think that we should be looking at 
a few healthcare companies that are that have started in the last five or six years that are now at market caps or at least approaching those that the scale and size that has been traditionally held by incumbents. You know, we need a new class of innovators in healthcare. We need a new class of company to really fill that vacuum. You think about every other industry, they have their big tech disruptor. And the reason why that's important is because they have a lot of R&D dollars to spend at tackling these big gnarly problems. I mean, think about, you know, what Uber did to transportation or Lyft or Tesla or what Amazon did to shopping or what Apple did to music or what Netflix did to videos or you can name every industry, but then there's not one for healthcare. You say what X did for healthcare. There's no real answer. So imagine a new cadre of tech companies that start to form, you know, maybe the the Teladoc Livongo uh, merger is the beginning of that, where we see these companies that are very focused in what they do, have incredible R&D budgets to take on really massive problems. And that cadre now supersedes the the incumbents to create the new important technology of the future. I'm going to answer that. I'm actually going to want you to answer this too, because I'm hoping that A, we are celebrating that we have solved some of the core frankly, just like supply chain issues that have uh, plagued health systems in trying to deliver care in this time, whether it's high-end equipment or just PPE, that we can, that that's not an issue anymore. That the health systems have got what they need because if they've got what they need and they've got not, you know, hopefully through outside intervention to augment their own supply chains and all the wonderful activities that the supply chain folks at health systems have had to undergo and, and do to just secure uh, PPE so they can see patients, that that's not driving decisions anymore about, hey, we got to conserve PPE. So we're going to do more online visits because we just don't, we, we got to save the masks and the gloves and the face shields for something else that we've removed that, right? So I'm hoping we're celebrating that the health systems have got what they need to safely deliver care. And I hope that we're celebrating that there is this just continued embrace and investment and innovation around the scalability of physical and virtual continuing to intermix and that patients are feeling like this has been done for them, not to them. And it's good and it's positive and that we're changing not just where you go to get care, but how it's delivered in that way. And so that is about opening access. That's about maybe some things that you feel more comfortable talking about in the in your own home for whatever reason, with your provider over video, it's just easier for you to do that than when you're sitting in a Johnny on a table with you know really bad lighting, that that starts to maybe even actually open up some more of healthcare for people and reduces access. And then, you know, I'm not, digital doesn't solve all problems, but when you can do things like real-time language translation and open up care to people where English isn't their first language and they can't find a provider who speaks their language, like, wow, like maybe that stuff we could really look back and embrace on because there was... There's enough people in, in the healthcare systems that we're dealing with who are, they're risk takers. They're willing to take these chances. They're willing to experiment and they're willing to say, we're going to do this on behalf of the patient and let's at least, let's try, right? Let's remove these artificial barriers that were there. Let's go fast. Let's try. And I think patients are going to be up for it. That's some of the stuff that I hope, I hope changes. Like you talk to a lot of people. What do you see? Like, what, what do you think there are some of these changes that we should be celebrating a year from now are? Well, first, I, I love this. I, I haven't been asked in return. So, so 12 months from now, I hope that we can broadly say that the healthcare experience, that we have found a place for the healthcare experience to be what's best for the consumer and for the business. So that we have found a sweet spot that we have 
that we can say, look, this experience is better for everybody. It's not mm. because there's this spectrum of everything that, that if you just factor in what the business wants versus what the patient wants, those are two ends of the spectrum. I hope we can find this sweet spot in the middle. And I do think digital transformation is helping us find that and accelerating that journey. There's a statistic that I've I've lived by ever since I came across it probably a year and a half ago by Jeff Gorgi, who works at Profit. And the book he wrote was uh, Making the Healthcare Shift. And in that, he, he pegged this figure that was only 15% of healthcare organizations have made any progress with digital transformation. And, you know, he and his crack research team found, I believe it was, it was either five or six stages of digital transformation that every healthcare organization needs to go through. And only 15% had even made progress in one of those stages. And I'm telling you, you know, if, if we can all keep putting our heads together and make progress there, then I have a feeling we're going to find out how the experience can be better for patients and for the businesses. Because, I mean, we all know we can't be extreme one way or the other. We can't just do what's best for the patient and not take into consideration, like we've already talked about here today, what's best for the provider, because then it's just not going to happen. And you can't take into account the business side, not even the provider side, you know, not factor in anything else, because then the care experience would be like miserable for everybody, even worse. And so that's where I hope we can make some progress. Okay, so this is super fun. So let me wrap up with a quick little preview of what's going to happen in season five. So as we go into the new year, we're starting this new season and there are a couple of changes that are going to happen to the program. First and foremost, we're actually going to be retiring the rap battle segment, which we've had since the very beginning. So two and a half years ago, over 140 episodes ago, nearly every episode has had the rap battle uh, where we challenge the status quo. And we're going to continue challenging the status quo in other ways. And one of those ways is with a new segment that we're going to call The Flow with my new co-host, Zane Ismail. We're going to have Zane join us on a weekly basis starting next week in the beginning of season five. And here's a couple of things that I really, really enjoyed just already about just our, our time together here. Uh, for one, uh, for those of you who don't know Zane, uh, you're going to get to know him and you're going to enjoy his perspective. I know that. Zane is the principal transformation consultant for strategy and digital health at Henry Ford Health System up in the Detroit area. And besides that, Zane is a health innovator. He's a connector. And I love his perspective and his enthusiasm for trying to solve some of the big problems in healthcare. So when Peter and I first started this thing two and a half years ago, uh, we never would have expected that it would keep going. Uh, we would never expect the reception that it received. And I want everyone to know Peter's going to continue to be a part of the program and he'll join us whenever possible. And we couldn't be happier about where the program is going now in season five. For one, Zane cares about changing healthcare. And above anything, that's what we're trying to do with this program. We're trying to help understand, gain knowledge, share and connect and find ways that particularly with the digital parts of the healthcare experience, that we're doing something to shift it and change it. And that is Zane's world. He lives in a world of experience design and of innovation. And we're going to hear new words and new phrases on the program that we've heard from time to time, depending on who our guests have been, where we talk more about human-centered design, where we talk more about value-based care, where we talk about health equity and innovation we kind of consider it a quest that we're going to be going on. And the quest is to answer this question that we can't just Google the answer to. And that question is, is it even possible to provide the customer experience that patients and healthcare consumers are demanding? 
Like, is it even possible to provide that type of experience? And we're going to focus on the digital side. We're going to talk about who owns the digital healthcare experience. Can healthcare be good for patients and for business? You know, what should we be talking about with COVID? It's 2021, you know, soon enough. What should we be focusing on? How will vaccines affect things? What have we learned? And I invite you to join us on this quest. We don't know where this quest is going to take us. All we know is that we want you to be in it with us and come along for the ride. So for the final time this year, as we look back again at 2020 and we look back again at season four, I just want to express a huge thank you to all of you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this journey that we've taken so far. We're going to go to new places with it. We don't even know where we're going to end up, but that's the point. We want you to be along the journey with us. I hope you find some value in this conversation. If you did, Please tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Healthcare Wrap is a member of the Shift.Health content network. Go check it out at Shift.Health. We have 26 podcasts and video series about shifting the way that healthcare is experienced. So until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap.